Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. the day. Welcome in Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. If you are, you see the handsomest man in Montana standing there, Rajim Seabrook in the studio. Me, Coulter Nuanas, I'm over in Bozeman. I'm broadcasting live from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse right outside the Hall of Fame room here on the Montana State campus. Had some media obligations over here today, so ran over here to get some interviews each of the last couple days, and uh, we'll be back in the saddle in the studio on Monday. But uh, this Today, tonight, commences the end of one of the longest years, or maybe longest couple years, that I've ever experienced. We did have the pleasure of having some high school football last year, but... Friday Night Lights, high school football back in full force across the great state of Montana tonight. So we'll have a whole bunch of previews and commentaries for you. Lean into that. Plus, last week, we were broadcasting down from Sentinel, and Rajim was running back and forth, uh, calling plays for the Sentinel freshman team, dialing up touchdowns. And so we did not really get a chance to get into a lot of the NFL stuff that I had planned. So... 
We're going to give him another crack at both the NFC and AFC East and maybe some other divisions in the NFL as well as we continue our divisional preview. We're about 10 days away from the opening of the NFL season as well. So we'll talk all football all the time here in this one, plus the return of our Garden City Spotlight in its initial and original iteration. Garden City Spotlight has highlighted some of the best athletes and coaches and sports figures in general from across western Montana over the last uh, six months or so. But we're going to go back to the original format, which is highlighting the three Garden City Treasures, uh, Garden City, excuse me, Double uh, A football program. So we will hear today from Mick Morris and uh, Matt Johnson, respectively, the head coaches at Hellgate and Big Sky. Uh, m- kind of cross wires with Dane Oliver. Did not get a chance to interview Dane, but we're going to give you a full preview of tonight's Sentinel game right off the top here because Sentinel versus Billings West, one versus two, a rematch of the state championship game from last fall. So that'll be a fun one to get into. Washington Grizzly Stadium tonight, 7 p.m. If you can't make it down there, you can check it out here on SWX Montana Television. So high school football, NFL football, college football, and everything in between. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a Friday. Oh, and we're also going to hear from Justin Belknap, a senior defensive end for the Montana Grizzlies as part of our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Rajim, it's been a minute since you've been in the studio, my man. How you living? Uh, well, my friend. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's, my it's friend. Been, uh, it's, uh, it's been it's, a it's, long two weeks. I, I miss sitting shotgun with you, but uh, I'm back and ready to roll with you. Let's go. Go. Well, I missed you earlier this week. I made it to the Kettle House Amphitheater for the fifth time in 11 days. It was quite a run. I needed a nap. Had to go to bed about 8.30 last night to really uh, get my beauty rest back in. But I, it was crazy uh, having Cypress Hill, of all people, in Missoula. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of great shows. Our girl Alon is doing an excellent job here. Uh, at, at Log Jam presents, but uh, I missed you there because I know that's a, that's definitely a group that we can we can rap about, pun intended. Uh, I feel you on that. You know, that was that was a nice little freestyle. I'll keep the pun extended, and that rhyme. Oh, we'll take it. It's Friday. We'll let's take get, it. It's Friday. Let's, let's get, get, get let's get let's get. How make was it the funky. show, my friend? How uh, was the show, my friend? Uh, thanks for sending. It was, it was it was really a sad night not to be there, um, especially with the age that I'm at and the age that Cypress Hills is at, like not being possibly able to see them again live unless it's, you know, through through a, a live stream via the screen. Uh, but tell me about that, man. Tell me about that cultural experience. Man, it was it was amazing. So first of all, it's, it's, it's interesting because Cypress Hill sort of had two chapters of their career, right? They came out in the early 1990s with a couple hit albums. Then they were on a couple of the Friday soundtracks, which are certainly cult classics, Friday and Next Friday. And then they sort of went dormant and weren't really around for a little while. But then they came back out with Rock Superstar, which is one of their big crossover hits. I think that sort of introduced people to them for the first time, even though they'd been around for 10 or 15 years. But I was wondering so much. Like, their biggest hit album was 1993. So I was thinking, okay, how many people in Missoula, especially the young crowd, are really going to know about Cypress Hill? But, man, it was so sweet. The whole crowd knew all the songs. Everybody knew all the lyrics. And uh, then, of course, Atmosphere, they come through Missoula pretty much yearly, and they always put on a phenomenal show, whether it's at the Wilma or at the Amp. So uh, it was an awesome experience, man. But I was I was pleasantly surprised with, more than anything, the way Missoula showed out. I was very proud that Missoula was so engaged and so into the music. Well, you know, that lifestyle has been dormant for a while, and to have such a, a, a I don't know, historical 
trio known as Cypress Hills to come through the 406. That's that's just cross-generational. So, like, you're talking about the young folks. Their parents are my age or right. a little bit older. So, like, to, 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 to see that, to have that, and to have people be out there and, and kind of let the hair down, so to say, it's great, especially when you're talking about some of the, the classic um, old school, especially from the West Coast, pioneers in hip-hop. No doubt. And it is funny. My brother put this in perspective yesterday. He sent me a text that said, 1939, so basically the, uh, the, the heart of World War II, to 1980 is the exact same amount of time that has spanned since 1980. It's just interesting when you put the, the century change in there, how it makes your perception of what 40 or 41 years might actually be. With it's in the scope of the same century, it, it seems like it's a long time. When you look, say 1980 to now, that's been 41 years. It seems crazy, right? Well, I'm doing the math. I'm a pretty smart dude. Uh, I'm just realizing how old I am. I'm putting all that other stuff on the sidebar right now. You just made a brother feel old and sprout three new gray hairs. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. Missoula Sentinel, yes. Billings West. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about last night's game. Double A got, gets kicked off in thrilling fashion last night. The first game, high school football in the entire state of Montana. Butte High versus Billings Senior. In the Magic City at Dallas Stadium, and senior wins on a walk-off field goal with two seconds to play. Their last drive, 13 plays, 12 of them run plays. They drove the length of the field, 72 yards to get all the way down to set up a 20-yard field goal. And then McLean Berkeley hits the 20-yarder to lift senior to the first high school football win of this new season. 18 to 17, senior takes down View High. So a thriller in the opener. And uh, maybe a harbinger for what is to come. Hopefully it is that exciting across the board. But let's talk about tonight's game, the showcase. There's great games across the state tonight. But in Missoula, we got a pair of games. We're going to hear from Mick Morris from Missoula Hellgate a little bit later on as they get prepared to take on Great Falls CMR. But the showcase game here, it's Missoula Sentinel, the Class AA defending state champions versus Billings West, the runner-up a year ago and uh, the number one team in the state coming into this fall. So, Rajim, I know that you were around the Sentinel Spartans. You're helping out the younger grades, but I know you're around these varsity guys as well. What's the feeling you get from this team as they begin their state championship defense here tonight at Washington Grizzly Stadium? It's a different team. Uh, there's a different tenor, there's a different pitch, and there's a different residence. Uh, last year, there was, a, there was like this hype, hype, hype energy that was very controlled. This year, it's this calm coolness. It's... In, uh, our our skills and pick up from where we left off last year. That's hard to do when you lose. That's hard to do when you players. lose some of the caliber of players that that Sentinel has. But the ability to recalibrate, regroup, and reload. Dane Oliver has these guys loaded for bear, pun intended and no pun intended. It'd be an interesting matchup. You always love games of this magnitude, especially when it's one and two coming out. And this time it's on this side of the state. So with all that being said, the focus is there. The passion is there, as is the drive. Sentinel has been building towards this. It's not as if last year was a flash in the pan. In fact, this has been sort of built up for the last handful of years. When Mitch Roberts, who's now with the Montana Grizzlies, was the quarterback there at Sentinel, they made the playoffs. And then uh, the class that preceded last year's excellent senior class, those guys were uh, in the mix in the playoffs, made it to the semifinals one year, knocked off Big Sky in the, in the first round, and they made it to the, the Final Four. And so th there's been a little bit of a, a building here to get to this point now. So it's not as if they just burst on the scene last year, won the state championship. But do you feel that? I mean, do you feel that around the program? Do you feel it sort of resonating that Sentinel sort of knows that they belong in this spot as one of the top teams in the state? 
Oh, they know it because it's been earned. It's not been given, on, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. They know they belong. They're willing and able and ready to compete. And and they they know that they have a target on their back and on the front, especially being the champs from last year. However, the perspective is last year is over. And unlike boxing or MMA, there is no defending. It's not like they're going to give the rings or the trophies back. Last year is great. It's in the case. It's in the history books. No one can ever take it away. But it's a new year with a new focus, with a new uh, goal, and that's to repeat what was uh, on full display last year. Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook is in the Northwest Motorsports studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Montana, new to Missoula. They're located there in the Garden City at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find them online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. I'm Coulter Nuanas. I'm broadcasting to you live from Bozeman. I am on the Montana State campus. Uh, thanks to Montana State, all the people here for getting me all set up. Let me do a remote from this side of the Continental Divide. And we are now eight days away from the opening of college football season at the Division One level in the state of Montana. College football opens tomorrow in the state of Montana around the Frontier Conference. we got great games across the Frontier tomorrow, uh, but uh, about eight days away from Montana State versus Wyoming and Laramie. 2 p.m. kick Saturday, September 4th, as well as Montana at Washington. 6 p.m. kick from Seattle. Also there uh, on September 4th. Rajim, I know that uh, the Sentinel team, the, the, in terms of the personnel, the storylines have sort of centered upon, one, how do you replace six Division One guys? Because you got Dylan Rollins now at BYU, Camden Sermon now at UW, Jace Kluswich, TJ Roush, Soren Sievert, and Gina Leonard all playing for the Grizzlies. But then the other storyline has been Zach Cruz. How far can Zach Cruz carry this team? He's an elite athlete. He's uh, one of the best competitors in the state. But tell us about some of the other players to watch for the Spartans because I do think that there's some other guys that uh, have been waiting their turn that really have a chance to make a splash on the AA level this year. The first name that comes to mind is Drew Klumpf. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is the guy that the name, you hear about it. He's a splash in the paper here. He makes plays here and there. But this is the guy who's not going to come into full-time service playing DB. He's going to make plays that seem impossible. All of a sudden, he's just there. And if you look at it, the body of his work last year as a junior, he was always in the right place at the right time. He has incredible range, incredible uh, cerebral knowledge of the game, and his ability right now is right on right on par with someone, I would say, of the Soren Sivrud. And I know that that's a huge compliment and a huge cleats to fill, so to say, but this is the kid that is going to make it happen. Uh, we know Zach Cruz in uh, all of his accolades and everything that he comes with, uh, but I also want to talk about I want to I want to talk about my man Charlie Kerrigan, who was an All State selection last year, and I know he's a punter and a special teams kind of guy, but this kid is a load, and when he brings it, he doesn't just sing it; he brings it consistently. So look out for uh, for Chucky Baby too. This kid is uh, about six one, two hundred and twenty solid pounds, and plays a variety of positions, and he's a kid that. He he will change the field for you on defense and then plunge into the end zone for you on, on, on offense. So look out for Chuck. And then a name no one's really talking about is my man Pepe. This kid is 6'5", Peyton Stevens, little uh, maverick guy. You should know his name if you read the paper on the Daily during the summer for baseball. 6'5", field stretcher. There aren't a lot of 6'5 cats. 
with the stride, the gait, the quickness, and the hops, and the jumping ability uh, that this man displays on the basketball court, as he will tonight on, on the football field. This is a guy that may only get three catches, but those three catches may go for 80 yards and a touch. So those are the guys outside of Zach Cruz that you uh, should be ready to hear about, talk about, and learn about. Nuanas now, Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Even though I'm not in studio, I'm in Bozeman broadcasting to you from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. A Billings West is an interesting challenge because West, a lot of times we see this in, in Montana high school football where you have a, a class that breaks into the varsity lineup early, like as a sophomore, as sophomores or juniors, and they start to build. And sometimes getting knocked down, losing yeah, when you're right on the brink is something that could actually be good for the mentality of the team if you bring a bunch of guys back. We saw this with Sentinel, like that class that was led by Rylan Ort, who's now here at Montana State. Those guys knocked on the door but couldn't get all the way through, but the, the younger guys sort of saw the example and then led Sentinel to their first state championship in 48 years last fall. Well, West is the team that uh, they, when, they, when, when uh, Rob Stanton first took over for Paul Claybo, West went from one of the top programs in the country to no good at all, and they, were, they really struggled right out the gates. But they were rebuilding uh, sort of the foundation of all of that. And then a couple years ago, they decided to, to after they won the 2018 state championship, they decided to go young and roll with some of their sophomores uh, as some of their main guys. Well, now a lot of those guys are seniors, and they were knocking on the door a year ago. I know they do have some players that are going to be tough to replace, namely – Neil Daly, Paul Brock, a couple guys that are here playing their college ball for Montana State, a couple stud defensive linemen who really caused Sentinel fits during that state championship game. But you still have some of the most exclusive skill players in the state. I think West will have one of the best secondaries that the state of Montana has seen, period. I mean, you talk about Taco and Caden Dowler, a couple guys that are both Division One level prospects, particularly offensively, but can play both sides. Talk about Riley Bergeson, who is a safety who's already committed to the Navy, so he's a, a D1 and FBS guy. And then Isaiah Clouch, the quarterback, I won't be surprised if he plays a little secondary as well. Uh, but this is a team that's locked and loaded. Uh, so what was the rumblings around practice last couple weeks when it comes to Billings West, Rajim? This has to be a team that Sentinel knows a little bit from playing them last year in the state championship game, but also one that Sentinel probably enters this matchup tonight at Washington and Grizz with a lot of respect for. You know, the perspective is is anytime you have a rematch, there's going to be some things that are going to be replicated and duplicated. However, as you're saying, there's 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 new players on the field. So this isn't so much about a rematch for either squads. This is about a chess game. You know there's some familiar faces on both sides of the ball. A Billy's returning 11 All-State selections, which is incredible when you talk about that, but that gives credence to your underclassmen notes. This is about... How are we going to beat them strategically? How are we going to uh, outfox them? How are we going to systematically try to take them out of their game plan? Dane Oliver is a, a chess player amongst the game of football. And cerebrally, these guys are so locked in to how, not necessarily how to win, but how to beat the other team, if you get what I'm saying. It's a totally different perspective. When you go in knowing that you can win, you just have to learn how to beat the other team. It's like Ray Lewis said once, you don't have to, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to win the game, just don't lose it. And that's kind of the, 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 the mindset and the, the energy that's been pervasive out there behind Sentinel High School. Sentinel versus Billings West, one versus two, a rematch of last year's state championship game. Tonight, 7 p.m., Washington Grizzlies Stadium. If you can't make it down to Wash Grizz, you can check all the action out here on SWX Montana TV. Also, another game in Missoula, out at Missoula County Public Stadium High School, Mick Morris's Hellgate Knights will host Great Falls CMR 
I think the double A this year, in fact, there's 16 teams in the double A now, and there's a revamp playoff format. It makes it more wide open than ever. And uh, also just the battle, not just to get into the playoffs, because almost everybody makes the playoffs, but the battle for playoff seeding and sort of jockeying around is going to be as intense as ever. And I think that there's so many teams in the state that we don't really know much about. I think that that win last night for senior, that uh, could prove to be big down the road because I think that there's a group there that includes Hellgate, CMR, Billing Senior, Butte High, uh, probably Kalispell Flathead, maybe even Missoula Big Sky, maybe maybe even Gallatin, Bozeman Gallatin, where they're all going to be fighting for those six, seven, eight, nine spots. I do think the top teams are pretty well defined, uh, but I do think that right after that top five, I think that there's a lot of room, a lot of wiggle room there throughout the Class AA ranks, so well, it should be interesting. And what I love about that is that's when the dogs start fighting, and that's when you get great football, great fall classics, and as we, uh, like you said, as the split comes across the state, some of the rivalries become more intensified as well, within conference and then outside of conference. So, uh, a full slate of some great games, especially in the middle of the pack, as you just stated, Coulter. Uh, what a great way to end fall. Talking about this on the last Friday of the month as we enter the favorite season outside of the holiday season, football season. <laughs> Gotta love it. Football back in full force across the state of Montana. Last question uh, on this game for you, Rajim. How yes. weird was it last year not having any crossover with the East? I mean, like when you guys were preparing for that state championship game, there was no real transitive properties, right? There was no this team played this team, so now we kind of know how to replicate it because there was really no crossover between the East and the West. So, I mean, how much different is it going to be this year? Uh, it, you know, that's uh, – how do I answer that? It's hard, but that's what goes into preparation, and that's what uh, for us last year with Sentinel goes into like just great – Ability to become students of the game. Uh, the one thing that we did last year is we did a great job of scouting other teams by watching hours and hours and hours and hours of film. And if you look at some of the hours that were put into like literally breaking down film and then replicating that on the field uh, uh, for the Sentinel Spartans, paid off in dividends. Uh, the the inability to kind of you know, test your medal against some of the, you know, better teams across the state makes it hard because you don't know what you're getting into, especially when you go to face that uh, that late into the year. But just preparation mentally, physically and emotionally, great film breakage and understanding the game and uh, not fearing what is to come from what is unknown. The other premier matchup of the state tonight. Great Falls High versus Helena High. This is a good one. This is two of the better quarterbacks mm. in the league. Probably actually the best two pure quarterbacks in the state of Montana. Caden Hewitt, uh, the big, strong, tall-armed kid from Helena High who's going to the Grizzlies. And Reed Harris, a guy who's a junior, and he's a rising junior. This kid put on about 25 pounds in the offseason, and uh, he's looking like a Division One athlete all the way. I'm hearing he's getting looks and called on by Purdue right now. So Big Ten caliber athletes. That's another one to keep your eyes on. And then, of course, the other two Missoula schools, Missoula Hellgate versus Great Falls CMR, tonight in Missoula at Missoula County Public High School Stadium. And then over here in Bozeman, Bozeman Gallatin hosting Missoula Big Sky. So we will have more coverage for you for both the Garden Cities teams as well as teams from around the state of Montana as well as Nuanas now marches on. Top of the hour we'll hear from both Matt Johnson from Missoula Big Sky and Mick Morris as part of our Garden City Spotlight. But right now we're taking it to the big leagues, the NFL. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio, Rajim Seabrook, Coulter Nuanas, AFC East, NFC East, whatever else we get to, all NFL all the time right after this on ESPN Radio.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. If Thursday night's opener for high school football season is any indication, fans and followers are in for a wild ride this fall. Clayne Berkeley drilled a 20-yard field goal with two seconds left on Thursday night to help lift Senior to an 18-17 win over Butte at Dallas Stadium in Billings. That game winner halted a rally by the Bulldogs in which Butte scored 17 unanswered points and held a lead late in the fourth quarter. Senior's final drive was a 62-yard march that lasted 13 plays to the Butte six-yard line. The Bronx rushed for 323 yards on 48 rushes overall, including 29 kicks for 147 yards and both senior touchdowns by Jacob Miller. The rest of prep football at all levels around the state gets kicked off tonight. The marquee matchup in Class AA features a rematch of last November's title clash between Missoula Sentinel and Billings West at Washington Grizzly Stadium tonight at 7 p.m. Bartons enter the season as the defending state champions for the first time in nearly 50 years after going undefeated and claiming the Garden City's first state title since Big Sky won the crown back in 1994. Zach Cruz, an all-state selection at tight end and defensive end as a junior, leads the Spartans as set quarterback this season. West returns 11 All-State players, including future Division I skill talents like Taco and Caden Dowler, along with quarterback Isaiah Clonch and Navy commit Riley Bergeson. Big Sky opens up tonight at Bozeman Gallatin, while Missoula Hellgate hosts Great Falls CMR at Missoula County Public Stadium. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Happy Friday. Hope you're having an outstanding Friday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. You probably only see one of the two of your familiar faces on a Friday in studio. That's Rajim Seabrook. He's there holding down the fort in Missoula. Me, Coulter Nuanas, I'm over in Bozeman. I'm broadcasting from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse right outside the Montana State Football uh, Hall of Fame room. And uh, happy to be on the campus at Montana State. Uh, I'll be back here next week as well. Uh, next Thursday we'll be doing a show from here as I make my way down to Laramie, Wyoming to, open, to uh, hit up Montana State's first football game of 2021 against the University of Wyoming Cowboys hosting the Bobcats on September 4th there in Laramie. So looking forward to that. The Grizz, they open up. On the road as well, they're in Seattle uh, to play the University of Washington. 2 p.m. kickoff for the Bobcats, 6 p.m. next Saturday uh, for the Grizzlies. Nuanas now is broadcasting through the Northwest Motorsport studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, located at the corner of Stevenson Mount. You can go check them out. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Rajim, I, uh, last week we were doing some breakdowns of your favorite division, but you were too busy dialing up touchdowns for the young guys at the Missoula Sentinel scrimmage. And so you never really get a crack at this. So uh, our new associate at ESPN Radio, Andrew Houghton, he's a staunch Eagles fan. So he was... Uh, yeah, he was cooler like two weeks ago. <laughs> when, I met him, man. when you mentioned that, cool factor went down. 
I ignored him when I walked into the studio today. Well, you should have seen the look on his face when I told him you were a New York Giants fan. But that's the whole thing. That's what makes the NFC East so great because if you're not an NFC East fan, chances are you hate every team in the NFC East just like I do. But if you are an NFC East fan, you definitely hate the other teams in the NFC East worse than anybody in the NFL. So why are the rivalries so crazy in that division? Well, one, you have really close proxemics. Philly's only about 90 minutes away from the city. And uh, there's just so much inner city rivalry when you think about New York, Philly, Boston, D.C. Like, there's just this great historic, you know, we're the best city on the East Coast, like just social culturally. But then you throw in, you know, the teams, the Knicks, the Celtics, the Eagles, the Phillies. Like, there's just great, long, entrenched, historical um, aspects between uh, a lot of these cities and a lot of these states, uh, considering that's, you know, some of the older part of the country. So there's just a lot of griminess between these two cities, especially during the grimy years of the 70s to the uh, early 90s. And uh, I don't know, man, Philly's like that, that, like that little cousin, that second city little cousin where they're, they're, they're kind of part of your family because they're from the East Coast, but they're that cousin you just don't like. And you only see them at weddings and graduations. Of all the pundits that I listen to and everybody that I've heard analyze this thing, the NFL, as always, because of salary cap sport, is going to be filled with parity. It's my personal opinion. There's only a couple teams in the league every year that actually are superior in talent and construction and continuity to everybody else in the league. There's actually only a couple teams that are inferior in talent, construction, and chemistry to everybody else in the league as well. It's basically like 26 teams that are on the exact same wavelength. It's just a matter of how do they handle expectations? How do they handle pressure? How lucky do they get? Do they stay healthy? Do they avoid injuries, especially to key players? But I think that this year, there's only a couple teams that really come to my mind. They're going to objectively be just bad. One of those teams, though, is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that, uh, I, I, to, I mean, to me, it's the Eagles and the Jets are the only two teams you could talk me into that are just like, yep, there's no chance they're winning more than five games. I can't see any form or fashion of that happening. Uh, but on the flip side, though, I think that the rest That's of this. too much credit for the Jets. You think so? Buddy, I know so. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Zach Wilson has a lot on his plate, but they definitely don't have uh, much to work with, particularly in the skill positions. But the rest of the NFC East, though, Rajim, it seems wide open because this this, team, this division sort of beats itself up every single year. But uh, the Cowboys are thinking big this year. The Redskins entered this season with some momentum from last season. But I know a lot of people are high football on your New club, York. Buddy. Washington football club. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But the uh, the... But then a lot of people are hiring New York Giants as well. So what are your thoughts just on the teams that aren't the Eagles in this division? And first of all, start with the Giants. Are you, what do you think? Are you buying or selling your New York Giants this year? Well, this year I'm going to buy them. I look at the uh, activity and uh, during free agency and draft uh, times in the NFL. And on paper, the Giants should be a, a much, much improved team. Uh, this is also a make-or-break year for, I think, Daniel Jones. And this is also one of those, not, I wouldn't say hot seat moments for Joe Judge because we're going to give him the pandemic uh, season. But uh, definitely the seat is either going to be warm or cool, depending on what happens uh, on Daniel's, Daniel Jones' throwing arm. Uh, already injuries have kind of set the Giants back. Kyle Rudolph just hit the hit 
you know, practice field for the first time after being picked up by the Giants. Uh, you have Kenny Galladay, big splash free agent pickup that has yet to really start practicing with the ones after his hamstring and, and leg uh, situation. And then uh, Kadarius Tony, the first round draft pick. I just already feel that despite his physical abilities, uh, his 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 mental and possible emotional health is going to keep him off the field uh, as it's already kept him out of practice, even uh, during his non-COVID scare. So that's on offense. The defensive side of the ball, the Giants are loaded for bear. Like, if you look at the back end, starting with the DBs, like Adoree Jackson uh, coming over, uh, Logan Ryan still doing his thing. Uh, the Giants were salty on the back half of last season, and it started with those DBs having really good coverage. You, you look at some of the uh, the pickups, like Rodarius uh, Robinson and, 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 and some of the other free agent acquisitions, like the you're never going to know what Patrick Graham's defense is going to bring to you because they'll be able to disguise coverages. And then you look up front, like Big Daddy Leonard Williams coming off a very strong year, matched with some of those other players like Lorenzo Carter. It's going to be a very good year for the Giants defensively. Segwaying into Dallas, you get some guys back uh, from injury, big players, uh, offensive linemen, your quarterback. It'll be an interesting year for Dak Prescott to see what he's able to bring to the table or take away from it. He has been, at times, good for the Cowboys, and at times you sit there and you just scratch his head and, and, and you scratch your head about him and his abilities. Can he get this team over the hump? Can he get them past, you know, mid-average to mediocrity uh, uh, level of football, especially in the NFC East, whereas if you win eight games, you're going to the playoffs. Can he do that? Switching over to the D.C. team, the football club, Washington, great defense, a lot of lot of talent on that side of the ball. But can the offense catch up to the defense? Can the defense get off the field and have the offense sustain drives? You have a journeyman at, uh, at, at quarterback who at times still has a little bit of magic, but as, as with any one who knows sports, Father Time always wins, and I feel like this is the year that Father Time finally catches up with him. So in a snapshot, the NFC East is wide open. If the Giants do their work, I feel that they can win it outright. If Dak can bounce back from injury and that O-line can kind of come back together, Dallas will be formidable. And if the offenses, uh, offensive uh, prowess can catch up with the defensive uh, solidity of Washington, uh, that makes them formidable as well, not to overuse a word. So that just makes the NFC East a good heavyweight bout. We'll see who comes out on top and hopefully to be uh, to the tune of a 10-6 and six team, uh, unlike last year when a 6-10 and 10 team could have slipped in. New Orleans now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook in studio. Coulter New Orleans over here in Bozeman breaking down the NFL, including right now the NFC East, which is home to Rajim's New York Giants. What, what, what gives you confidence in Daniel Jones? I mean, what is the thing that makes you want to still believe in him? He, sh- he shows an athletic ability that you want to see in a quarterback. He... Um, Brings something. He he exudes a little bit of Eli Manning, if you will. He has athletic ability, not the top flight, upper echelon quarterbacks of the league ability, but enough ability to get you over the hump, enough escapability to get out of the pocket. Uh, he runs very well, and he's a very cerebral quarterback, a la Eli Manning. However, his tendency to either hold on to the ball or fumble a lot needs to be reduced and get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker. He makes good reads, but he holds on to the ball way, way too long. 
it'll be interesting to see, like I said before, these pieces that have been put around him to become a better quarterback by having a quicker offensive line, a younger, more athletic offensive line, Saquon Barkley coming back for energy, and then again with the additions of uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, Kyle Rudolph, John Roos coming over from uh, John Ross rather coming off from Cincinnati. It'd be interesting to say, hey, we put we put. The, we put the steak on your plate. Are you ready to eat it? And that'll be interesting to see if Daniel Jones can answer that call. Interesting tidbit. Greg Munchie Filer, who was an all-big sky corner at Montana State in 2018, but then had an injury that cost him the 2019 season. He ended up then graduating during the COVID year, and he transferred from Montana State to Sacramento State. But the tidbit is that he's John Ross's little brother. So we once upon a time uh, were covering a guy that was related to the guy who's the fastest guy in the history of the NFL combine. So uh, a, a cool little tidbit there, uh, to be sure. Um, Rajim, I know that uh, it's hard to praise the other squads within the NFC East, but the, the last question I have on this division for you, though, is, I know. Again, it's hard. It's hard to really uh, when you, when, you, when you're so connected to a team like Yard of the Giants. But what do you think of the Redskins? Or excuse me, the Washington Football Team because they did have some uh, momentum coming out of last year. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach, and uh, the Dwayne Haskins saga is over. Uh, we don't even need to go down that road. But they got Fitz Magic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, in there at quarterback. Uh, so is this team a contender or a pretender? It, it's for me. It's really hard. It, like I just said in in my synopsis, is Fitz magic? Is the magic still there? Is it going to come in smatterings, or is he going to be able to just string enough pearls together that the team's going to be viable from an offensive standpoint? Uh, Ron Rivera, very stout coach, very smart person, uh, great student, and now teacher of the game. Uh, I think he will have them be prepared. That defense is salty, Coulter. Like, I'm not, I'm, they are. I try not to give respect to, 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 to the enemy. I still have to respect that enemy uh, nonetheless. Defensively, they're going to give, uh, they're going to give Fitzmagic a lot of short fields. What can he do to sustain drives? What can he do to, 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 to get Washington over the hump of just, again, treading waters in the land of mediocrity? Rajin Seabrook in studio, Coulter Nuanas in Bozeman, breaking down the NFL, including the NFC East. Let's talk AFC East, Rajin. I think this is actually the division where the storyline within the division has changed so much over the last couple of years, and it's made it so much more interesting. They used to, this used to be the New England Patriots and everybody else, and it was just like the Patriots are going to go 6-0 in the division. They were going to be halfway to double-digit wins uh, before, you know, no matter what happened for the rest of their schedule. And a lot of p- pundits would say that uh, the Patriots, all their su- for all their success, and you got to give them all the credit in the world, especially for winning like they have in the postseason over the last 20 years, but that they had the easiest path to the playoffs, which then gave them the, the easiest path through the playoffs because they could just get home-field advantage because they'd get five or six free wins by playing in the same division as the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Well, now all of a sudden, the Bills are one of the darlings of the league. They're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Who would have ever thought we'd be saying that? This is like flashback to 1992. The Jets, I think people think they're getting better, but how can you be worse? So, okay, I don't know about them, but let's put that to the side. But then the Dolphins, with Brian Flores at the helm, Seem like a team that's on the rise. They're definitely getting a lot of buzz because I do think he is a dynamic and uh, elite NFL mind. Perhaps the one of the best, if not the best, Bill Belichick disciples so far. I know he still has to prove it a little bit, but the returns are much better than they ever were for Romeo Cornell or 
Josh McDaniels or Eric, Eric Mangini or any of those guys. So I think Brian Flores is doing a good job in Miami as well. But what's just your broad take on the AFC East? My broad take on the AFC East is, uh, first of all, uh, I love – the fact that there's going to be competition in the AFCs and for the second year in a row, and it's not going to be Patriots and Tom Brady uh, again. Uh, for me, the outright winner, I think, coming out of the AFCs, it's got to be Buffalo. I think that Buffalo has just, I don't know, they, they, they have put together and have amassed a team that is 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 ready to win. They have a young, dynamic uh, quarterback who just got signed to a whole lot of money and is going to have to, you know, prove his medal that he's worth that. Not that he isn't, which is why he was already rewarded with it. Um, it's going to be a, a very interesting situation out there because I think that he and Stefan Diggs, this is the year that they go big. I think that this is the year that... Um, it's just it's just time for them to take the roof off up there in the, in the, uh, in the northeast up there in Buffalo. The Jets, I'm going to go the opposite. The Jets, to me, are going to be the bottom basement darlings in the AFC East once again. It's not so much the players that aren't in the right place. It's just consistent mismanagement. I look at some of the draft picks. I look at some of the trades. I look at some of the lack of draft picks and trades uh, and just moves over the last decade. And the Jets consistently, consistently uh, make me scratch my head. Like, you are in one of the best media markets. You're in a beautiful facility. Uh, 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 New York, you're about to make money. But yet there's been no energy or effort surrounded in putting place players there to become more successful. And changing your uniforms to look like your Michigan State junior is not going to get the guys there to make that happen. The Finns are kind of in an interesting situation. They are there, but they're not. I don't know which team's going to show up. Are they going to be someone who's going to compete and have a bunch of these young, dynamic players kind of come into the fold? Or are they just going to kind of sit there and be the Dolphins and just be not necessarily active, not necessarily playing spoiler to anyone, but just, you know, a nice midseason game that people will roll through, hopefully. Dolphins, to me, are an enigma unto themselves. Patriots, I don't know what's going on up there. I don't trust Cam Newton. I'm not sure he's the quarterback that Bill Belichick really wants or needs and for his system. I just don't foresee the Patriots. I, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to circle back to the Patriots. For me, I'm kind of scratching my head and kind of sighing at the same time because when you look at who the Patriots are in their organization and their foundation and on paper, they should be so much better than what they are, or who they could be. But I'm just not sold on Cam Newton. I'm not sure he's the the man for that job up there with Bill Belichick. The dark side. The dark side. I it's interesting cuz I've been standing on the table for Cam Newton for quite some time, but then I was watching practice videos of him, and he does not look good. He looks like uh, he—he, uh -uh. he, I mean, he looks like he's washed, man. He doesn't—he can't throw the ball anymore. And so, uh, I just think if you're Belichick, and you know what you how how you've gotten by in the past with guys at the quarterback position, particularly TB12. I mean, obviously Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all time, but when. Belichick first pulled the plug on Drew Bledsoe and put Tom Brady in. Tom Brady was not the Tom Brady that he is now. Tom Brady has, did not have the allure that he is now. Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick, not a first-round draft pick like the Pats got right now with Mac Jones. And I just think that Belichick's not going to want to be patient. He's not going to want to sit there and wait until Cam Newton implodes or wait until, you know, Mac Jones is ready. How do you even know a guy's ready in the NFL until you throw him to the Wolves? I'm not really even sure. So I think if Cam Newton continues to struggle during this uh, preseason, I expect them to roll with Mac Jones all the way throughout the year. But what do you think of the quarterback situation in New England? 
I think you should just get, you know make Mac Jones that right now. I look at uh, I look at their schedule. Uh, when you're playing New Orleans, when you're playing Tampa Bay, and you have a, a very long wait until your bye week, I just say put your young kid out there and see what he can do. I I read Cam's uh, nonverbals consistently, and I've been watching some of their practices, and it's just it's not there, Coulter. I just don't feel that it's 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 a good fit, and I feel that that may come to a head this season. Look at what you have in the rearview mirror uh, as far as Mac Jones. Put a young guy in there. Uh, and, and, and take a roll of the dice and see where, where you come out with it. It's, uh, it's never too late to go young in the NFL. The Bills are definitely the, the favorites in this division. I think justifiably so. Uh, but I do think there's some intangible elements that are going to define Buffalo's season this year. I mean, I think they've done a tremendous job of building the roster up. I think that their trio of wide receivers, you talk about Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, who they added in the offseason, and Cole Beasley, who's just been Mr. Reliable out of the slot. That gives you one of the better trios of receivers in the league. you got one of the most electric quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen. And defensively, they've done a really good job as well. I mean, I think Tremaine Edmonds is one of the most underrated players in the league as their middle linebacker. Ed Oliver and Starla Tulele is, I mean, those are two of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, and Buffalo has one of the best secondaries in the league as well. So talent-wise, roster-wise, I think that they're set. The things that I think could hold the Bills back are, one, the weight of expectations. This franchise in general has not had those expectations in quite some time. But I do think the fact that so many of these guys that are core players, they don't, they're not even really old enough to know how haunted the Bills have been. They've only been around when the Bills have been sort of a team building uh, and a team that's on the rise. And so maybe they're completely impervious to it. But I think they need to run the ball at a higher level. But more than anything, I think they need to be able to handle the expectations that are going to be steeped upon them. Because uh, last year, they were a team that was kind of an upstart team that then you know took the league by surprise and made it to the AFC Championship game. Well, now they've tasted that success. Now they're expected to be back there again. So the weight of expectations how does that affect the Buffalo Bills? I think that is the main narrative going into the season for Buffalo. You know, when you look at, you know, look at the, the age and the number of guys that are in their very young to mid-20s, this generation doesn't care about that. They have enough swagger that their athletic ability, their athletic prowess will will overtake any insecurity, uh, adversity, or or roadblocks in their way. When you're talking about that defense culture, like it is, it is that is just ah. You got Micah Hyde, you got Jordan Poyer, you got Levi Wallace. You know, like you you just have dogs out there, and when you have dogs out there. The trust factor goes up, the bonding goes up, and then it's on dis- full display uh, come Sunday when you line up those that 11-on-11. 11 11. So I think they have too much swagger, too much talent, and enough I-don't-care attitude with that young generation that the things you just mentioned are going to be aforementioned for them very soon. New Orleans Now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, SWX Montana Television, Rajim Seabrook in studio. Colter New Orleans, I'm in Bozeman. I'm broadcasting to you from Brick Breeding Fieldhouse, second day in a row. I'll be back here next week as well. I'm going to broadcast my show from here next Thursday as I make my way down to Wyoming to check out Montana State versus the University of Wyoming next Saturday, September 4th. We're going to talk more NFL in hour number two. But one thing that I, I actually feel a little bit remiss, we kind of glossed over. The death of a coaching legend, Bobby Bowden, one of the great coaches in the history of college football, certainly a guy that was a pioneer when it comes to the modern-day college football. Where does he stack up with some of the great college football coaches of all time, particularly in the modern era? We'll talk more about Bobby Bowden's legacy and college football in general. Keep it right here. 
ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. If Thursday night's opener for high school football season is any indication, fans and followers are in for a wild ride this fall. Clayne Berkeley drilled a 20-yard field goal with two seconds left on Thursday night to help lift Senior to an 18-17 win over Butte at Dallas Stadium in Billings. That game winner halted a rally by the Bulldogs in which Butte scored 17 unanswered points and held a lead late in the fourth quarter. Senior's final drive was a 62-yard march that lasted 13 plays to the Butte six-yard line. The Bronx rushed for 323 yards on 48 rushes overall, including 29 carries for 147 yards and both senior touchdowns by Jacob Miller. The rest of prep football at all levels around the state gets kicked off tonight. The marquee matchup in Class AA features a rematch of last November's title clash between Missoula Sentinel and Billings West at Washington Grizzly Stadium tonight at 7 p.m. Bartons enter the season as the defending state champions for the first time in nearly 50 years after going undefeated and claiming the Garden City's first state title since Big Sky won the crown back in 1994. Zach Cruz, an all-state selection at tight end and defensive end as a junior, leads the Spartans as Sentinel's quarterback this season. West returns 11 All-State players, including future Division I skill talents like Taco and Caden Dowler, along with quarterback Isaiah Clonch and Navy commit Riley Bergeson. Big Sky opens up tonight at Bozeman Gallatin, while Missoula Hellgate hosts Great Falls CMR at Missoula County Public Stadium. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. New Orleans Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you can't see me on the TV, well, it's because I am not in studio, but Rajim Seabrook is our main co-host for Fridays, and we look forward to having Rajim in the fold both Fridays during New Orleans Now, as well as a part of our college game day pre- and post-game radio show. Rajim will be chipping in and helping out with the pregame before each and every University of Montana home game. I also, I got my self-set up over here in Bozeman to be doing my uh, my pregame radio show over here as well as a partnership with the Eagles as well as Case Guy Country. So I'll have more details for that as well. Probably going to have some podcast uh, options available for that pre- and post-game show as well. So as always, we'll continue to make our rounds around the great state of Montana, provide all the coverage from the Big Sky Conference to the Frontier and all the way through uh, high school football. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport they boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So check them out online. That's nwmsrocks.com, nwmsrocks.com. One thing that I haven't really talked much about on this show, which I actually feel a little bit remiss for doing so, Bobby Bowden, great head coach for the Florida State Seminoles, he passed away earlier this summer. And uh, not necessarily that big of a shock as he had a long and fulfilling both career and life, uh, but 
a guy that was one of the great innovators when it came to college football, one of the great coaches in the history of college football. And uh, I think you can make an argument among, if not the greatest of the modern area. He has two national championships. Uh, as far as guys during my lifetime, I'm 34 years old, my lifetime, I think that there's very few, if any, who rival Coach Bowden and his run at Florida State. You look at what they did. Uh, he finished in the top five in the national rankings 15 years in a row. They were the only team to really be reckoned with in the ACC. They won 12 conference titles between 1994 and 2005. And uh, then with the sort of uh, the redistribution of that league, it certainly became a different makeup in the league. Uh, And uh, obviously uh, the Power Fives have shifted so much towards reorganization in the name of purely football TV revenue. Uh, But, Rajim, I know that you're a guy that – follows this stuff closely. So what are some of your just thoughts on Bobby Bowden? Because those Florida State teams in the 90s, some of the most iconic teams in the history of college football. Not only iconic from an athletic uh, perspective, culture, but just uh, iconic from a social cultural perspective. Like when you think of what was going on down in, in Florida between Florida State, uh, <laughs> the U, and some other you know schools down there, the culture changed around uh, those campuses. And Bobby Bowden was uh, part of that, despite him being very paralleling to what was the, being displayed out on the field. Uh, Bobby Bowden, rest in peace. A pot, you know. A, I hate to overuse the word, definitely a pioneer in the game of football, helped change the complexion and and to some degree how defense was played against some of these high-octane offenses of those early early, uh, 90s, uh, late 80s teams. And uh, I don't know, man. He, to me, is in my top 10. And as because you gave me you gave me the questions early, brother, I had a top 10 list. And right now, for me, he's actually 10. Out of my top ten. Okay, let's let's hear the rest of your top ten. Well, a couple pieces of feedback here from from people that are all around me, including a guy who's sitting right next to me here, as I sit in Bozeman. Uh, but we also got a text from one of our loyal listeners here uh, in Bozeman as well. I know she works on the Montana State campus, and both of you said the exact same thing that Tom Osborne and then Nebraska during their run in the 1990s is certainly one worth uh, noting as well. Nebraska was excellent. Tom Osborne's formula was awesome, and he was the first one that came to mind as sort of a peer uh, of. Bobby Bowden, and when it comes to that argument of best modern-day college coaches. But, Rajim, who else do you have on your list? Uh, I got a couple, man, and I, I'll start. Bobby Bowden. Um, I went uh, Glenn Warner. You, you, Glenn Pop Warner. You can't yeah. you can't have a top ten list without having and a league named after you without being a great coach. Uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, Eddie Robinson, and for those don't don't know, Grambling State, great coach uh, from HBCU, historically black college and universities. Like if you look at his record, despite uh, you know the teams, the man the man did it all. Uh, you have Joe Pa from Penn State, and mm-hmm. then Bud Wilkinson, Woody Hayes, Tom Osborne for me at number three, Paul Bear, Brian, and then you know the living legend himself, number one in my book, Mick Saban. And then there's, you know, some modern-day guys that could be added to that list, too, um, that are kind of on the peripheral, the Jimmy Johnsons, the Brian Kellys, the Dabo Sweeties, uh, of, uh, and, and uh, coaches of that ilk. So that's where I stand on coaches, brother, man. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty darn good list. I do think that – I think that because of uh, a place in time, certainly, first and foremost, but also because of, like you mentioned, the cultural impact of some of this stuff, the U, yes. Miami in the late 80s, and, and Florida State sort of carrying that same uh, narrative into the 90s. 
those guys are what made college football it, it sort of rebrand itself. It, it's always been so much about pageantry and tradition and fight songs and all that stuff. That's great. But the swagger, the electricity, the entertainment factor, the uh, the fact that college football players could be as big of stars as any other athlete in the country, that was sort of created by Miami, and then that flag was sort of carried by Florida State, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you look at the amount of, of just upper echelon talent that came out of those two schools over the over the course of those 12 years and eventually Hall of Famers that came out that will either have been enshrined or will be enshrined down the road. Like, again, just trendsetters, sort of like, you know, the old school running rebels in the Michigan Wolverines of uh, the Fab Five years, just transcended sports, culture, and a nation. And today, um, if you look at some of the swagger of the athletes today, these are the children of some of those guys. So it's a, it's a, it's a really crazy full circle moment in, in the life of football when you think about it from that perspective. Some great coaches who coached under Bobby Bowden, part of his coaching tree, Mark Richt, who then went on a great success at Georgia and Miami, Chuck Amato, uh, both his sons, Tommy and Terry Bowden, Kirby Smart, who's now the head coach at Georgia, who had a lot of success there with on Saban's staff as well, Jimbo Fisher, who's now the head coach at Texas A&M but was uh, at Florida State, and then Manny Diaz, who had some success there uh, at Miami as well. So Bobby Bowden, certainly a legend in the coaching world and uh, didn't mean to gloss over that like we did because it's certainly worth talking about it. I think he gave a lot of young men, especially a lot of young minority men from um, maybe less than privileged backgrounds an opportunity. I think that's been one of the most positive parts of the way college football has changed over the last 30 or 40 years. So Bobby Bowden. He can't say gone too soon because 91 years well lived, one of the great coaches, but also uh, one of the most impactful men when it comes to just his position. Uh, so definitely worth a conversation. Roger, thanks for that awesome top 10 list. More high school football. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. It's our Garden City Spotlight. We'll hear from both Matt Johnson from Missoula Big Sky and Mick Morris from Missoula Hellgate. We also got Justin Belknap, defensive end from the University of Montana, coming up. And more NFL talk. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 